Welcome to the Any Given Chance podcast, stories about passion and sacrifice, what actually goes on behind the scenes in the consistent chase of everything. We're going to bring you some untold stories, some of people you know, some of people you don't. These stories that we bring on with our guests are nothing short of inspiring and will get you out there chasing your own goals as well. Join me, your host, 3AM365, Matty Menon, as we dive into these incredible stories. And of course, as the podcast grows, so do we together. So stick with us from the start, hit that like and share, subscribe button, get your family and friends involved, and we'll see where we are in 100 podcasts. No days off, no excuses. Here we go. Welcome. Any given chance. Christian Freed, one of the boys back in the day, <laughs> mate. Your story for me is absolutely sensational, and we're going to dive into it. But perseverance is the word that comes to mind. You and me played rugby league back in the day at the Sunshine Coast, pushing to get into the side there with us there. Yeah, and your journey has taken you to play in the World Cup. Yeah, mate. 2010, 2011, when we were pushing there up yep. the Sunny Coast. Back then, joint with the Sea Eagles. Um, I remember you coming back from Mackay to play for us. You got coming back from the Cutters, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to um, even just uh, getting up there. So I'm a West boy from uh, Brisbane. So I played my juniors at West Mitchie and then went on to Wests, um, just West Barden, like West Old Boys Barden for my Colts. And then eventually um, was going to play BR, uh, well, they call it BRL now. We call it Fogs back in the day. So Fogs Cup. And I remember from my Colts year, they said, you know, I had to keep putting on weight, which was, uh, yeah, standard. your standard. That's their Fucking standard. That, that's eat, it. eat boy. Eat. Yeah. That's well, all we used to get. Eh? I got, and even in Colts, have you tested steroids? But yeah, anyway, so going on to trying to get fogs for Wests, I started getting that, uh, you're a bit too light in the ass for us. And I was like, well, fuck this. I'm going to go to a club that actually wants to give me a go. And I started calling around some of my mates and then um, they, they put me on a Costo. And so I gave Costo a call up and I went up and met him and I was like, all right, sweet. If I'm going to do this, yeah, I'm going to drive up. I don't mind driving up the coast three, four times a week to train uh, with the team that I have the ability to play Fogs Cup. Yep. With, and they, that, that was when we didn't have Cup then up there. We were waiting the year after to have Cup. Yep. And uh, yeah, so that that's what led me to the sunny coast. Wow. Yeah. Mate, yeah, because like I said, I was um I was up Mackay and hey, Mackay just wasn't the town for me. Sorry for all you Mackay. Okay. <laughs> Mackay. Nordo, if you're out there, lad. I know you are still there, but um hey, it wasn't my town. I'm just a surfer boy. I need to be near the ocean, you know what I mean? I jumped at the chance when they said Q Cup's coming to town. Yeah. I was like, get me a ticket home, get me a ticket out of here. And yeah, mate, cross paths and where that was a fucking fun year of footy, man. That was one of the, my best years of rugby league, playing with a bunch of mates. It was unreal, wasn't it? And yeah, that, and that's what it felt like. It was, you know, you're coming up and there was, it was all Coast Boys. Like there was about, I remember when we first went up there, there was like Critter and all that. We were traveling together to go up. Yeah. And then we had like your broom ham and stuff coming from Bribey. But it, it seemed there was only a few of us that were traveling from Brizzy and the rest was like that localized team, yeah. which created such a good um, atmosphere and culture, you know, yeah. even though we, we knew that we we're putting, trying to put together a team that's going to be, you know, under the radar for a while, but uh, we, we're definitely building on something. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. And then so up the sunny coast for a couple of years, 
I got my cup debut with uh, Moggy as coach. Yep. So God, I was playing fullback for Fogs and Classic. Fullback, a winger gets injured in cup, and so I go into wing. I uh, never played wing in my life, but who better to coach me at wing than Adam Moggy? Yeah. You know. And then ended up playing that season uh, just on the wing, getting getting limited time at fullback. And then, yeah, that season went well. We, we ended up finishing it um, lower on the ladder and then coming into where then the next coach the following year was going to be uh, Cordwell. Yes. And I think by then you'd, you'd already been done. Yeah, uh, yeah, hung up the boots. Yeah, hung, yeah. Up the, hung up the boots by then. And so Cordy was coming into coach. I started off that year. I did the. I was over in America at the time, uh, just seeing some family and stuff. So I didn't get a full preseason in. Yep. But I came back and, you know, Cordy. I I, I love the guy. Um, he's a great bloke, awesome bloke, one of the shittest coaches I've ever had. <laughs> um, and it did, uh, like I know he was a major sponsor, and that was one of the biggest, yeah, one of, of the biggest things. But he. Um, yeah, just uh, there was one. It was a transition period. Yeah, what it was because Manly broke ties. They had the contract. If the Sunshine Coast Council got their ass in a gear, Manly would still be up there. In, in yeah, it was huge because they were going to put in eighty million to build like a uh, clubhouse um, right next door to the cop shop there, and the council were going to match it and all there. But the council didn't get the approval for a time, so Manly pulled the coin and bought the RSL down there at Manly, and then. Ties gone yeah. there later, and then we're on the on the back end, not only searching for coaches, but we're searching for players and everything like that. As yeah. Well. So it was a rough couple of couple of years, especially coming off the back of after we played Fogs the next year, um, won the Queensland Cup Grand Final, first year in the in the That's Queensland right. Cup, never been done before. No. So it was unreal to be around the club at that stage. But look, um, before we fucking get really go down that, that <laughs> rabbit hole, we just. Branched off on your career in footy and whatnot. Yeah. Mate, you've got a, uh, a podcast as well. Yeah. Um, Any Given Monday. Yeah. It's Good name. Classic. Yeah. Name. It's, uh, yeah. Any Given Monday. It's um, really, I'd describe it about it's uh, a kind of like a footy slash sports slash current event podcast with some dick jokes in between. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, we started it as just uh, one of my mates, like an old boy from West at the club wanted to, he wanted to ha have a bit of fun doing a podcast. So I had some podcast gear. So we started chatting yeah. once a week and then I got one of my mates on Dane Adams and um, he came on and noticed that he knew a shitload more about rugby league than I did as well. Talking about the actual NRL, cause I'm a massive Broncos dick rider, but I don't follow, I don't watch all the games of each round where Dano and Wrighty did. And so I was like, oh, well, Dano, you got to stay on this. Yeah. Yeah. And then right. There's only so many episodes that I can go, ah. Yeah, that's right. There's only so, yeah. And then we've turned it into where it's weekly. It's me, Keenan, Yao Yi, and Dane Adams. We just shoot the shit about the, the week of um, rugby league. The boys know a bit of NBA. I know a bit of NFL, you know, like yeah. we just talk just random sports as well and just current events. And then just sometimes it can even turn into just roasting each other's yeah. session. But yeah, we try to keep it around the hour and stuff as well. And uh, yeah, any given Monday, just because we call it that because, you know, going off the back of the movie, any given Sunday. And then um, Monday, we was just thinking because a lot of podcasts drop on the Tuesday coming out from America. So we'll just drop ours on the Monday. Yeah, pop up in there first. Yeah. Mate, um, some good content on there as well. I've jumped on and listened to a few, of course. Boys being boys, I yeah. fucking love it. And also, mate, it's a 
Yeah, good bouncing off, and you're getting all the local guys in, like local Queensland Cup, local yeah. this. So it's uh, it's something we can all relate to. It's not like a podcast that you know jumping into all these players that you don't want to know. It's it's your mates and your friends and all around there. And like you said, it's, it's entertainment at the fucking max. Yeah, that's right. And like one of our best um, recurring visitors is Mitchell Bucket. Yeah, yeah. right. So Bucket, can't I get. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Bucket comes on a bit. We have a skull challenge that he's the champ at the moment. We actually made him a trophy and stuff and presented it to him. Because <laughs> that motherfucker's skull, I think his time's like, I think it's like 2.36 or something. You wow. know? Yeah, so he can down him. But Bucket comes on a bit. And, yeah, just because if you get the local boys in, then their mates listen to that. That brings in another group of listeners. And yep. then you get another a person that's not as situated with that group of mates. And then, yeah, so we're just trying to keep it like Queensland Cup players. We've had Jarral on, obviously. And then we've had Kahu on because he's mates with Jarral. And, and we've had a couple of um, uh, uh, ex-NRL players. And uh, it's great to have them on, but anyone that's keen to come on, we're just fucking... If they DM us and go, I'd, I'd love to come on, fucking get, get on. Get, yeah. get in your car, come down. Mate, how fun is podcasting? I love it. Mate, we, yeah. It's absolutely unbelievable. Uh, mate, my ones are a bit more different to that. Obviously, anyone who's, who's listening at any given chance, it's you know all about the story of how you made it and how you got there, which is prime example why you're here, yeah. but also the journey there. Mate, I walk out of podcasts rather in tears or it takes me an hour to break down like the emotional ride that I get on or I'm on the biggest fucking high of yeah. my life. I want to go run a marathon, you know what I mean? <laughs> I want to get out there because it just gets you so pumped. I'm just like, And it's the first time that you have a, a real conversation with someone where you dive in, you push buttons and you go, what about this? What about that? And with your one, Mate, you can say whatever you want on yours. So, yeah, yeah. That's right. There's no whole bars. Go to the internet, call <laughs> mum, tell her we've made it. We're on TV, yeah. mum. We're on fucking TV. <laughs> and that's the thing is that also because I'm actual high school teacher now, right? Yeah. So that's why I, now, I, I don't plug it on my own social media. Ah, classic. keep it all on any given Mondays and stuff because – then, like, I'm not, even though, like, my Facebook, I, you, you never accept students as friends no, and stuff you, like that. And yeah. my, my Instagram's usually on private. Yeah. Yeah, I just, it's all on that. I never plug it from my end. Dano and Keenan do. Yeah. Uh, which I, which I, I'm, I always make sure that they do because I know I'm not. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's how, yeah, you don't, you don't want that getting in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mate, um, one of the boys who's a teacher, he, he had to change his whole Facebook, Instagram, you yeah. know, just to, just his last name, just so kids wouldn't search it and go, ah, you do this same, Mr. Smith, yeah. you know, get up to this. And next it. minute you're, you're back up the principal's office oh, like year 10 again. Yeah, so my, Mr. Like, Freed. Yeah, yeah, my Facebook is my first and middle name. It's yeah, not, that's yeah. it. Yeah, get, stay away, kids. Yeah. Right. You're like, um, what's it, uh, Bradley Cooper off the hangover, <laughs> three o'clock comes around, I don't know you, I don't yeah. fucking know you. Oh, exactly, mate. Oh. But the funny thing is because I teach around the area, some of the kids' parents listen to it. Ah, classic. And, and, that's good. Yeah, so they and you know they they they're all about it. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they know I'm teaching their kids, but they know we're just fucking around. Everything we say is a fucking joke. Yeah, we never take anything seriously. So yeah, that's yeah. Good. well, mate, let's jump back into your journey. So when you started playing rugby league, uh, coming from Western with us, what position were you? Um, I've always been a fullback. Yeah. So as a young junior, I was a center, and then um, I got pushed in, like, got the chance to go back to fullback because I kind of stopped growing when I was about 14, 15. So I had, like, a spurt and then just stopped. So I was a centre early and then I um, went back to fullback. And then from really 
everything until sunny coast when I had to play alternate positions. I'd played fullback my whole life. So yeah. that I just felt natural back there for me. I The reason I got into rugby league was because of Darren Lockyer. Just watching him, I was like, I just want to I, I want to be like that motherfucker. Yeah. And, yeah, I just wanted the one on my back. So when I went up to Sunny Coast, I knew that they were also looking around that halves area as well, and I'd played a bit of halves. And I and fullback, I find fullback goes does mix well with being a hooker with the actual, like, looking up and vision and yes. which way you're going. So I do enjoy playing hooker as well. Um, the one thing I had to work on was my defence, obviously. Being a, being a junior and coming through Colts all as a fullback, you, you D kind of – it's, it's different, yeah. yeah. You you give them room and use the sideline for another defender, yeah. or you know you, you put you're trying to put them in a position where you're in control, where in the line you're front and center and they're picking you out. Oh, where's the smallest boat? Hey, mate. Yeah, come here. Hey, yeah, welcome. Yeah, right. So, what age were you when you got up the Sunshine Coast? Uh so I was up the Sunny Coast at I think twenty two. Yeah. yeah, 21, 22 at the Sunny Coast because yeah. I'd come out of Colts, gone in the fog, so I'm 20. So Colts back then, remember, was only under 19s. Yeah. It wasn't 20s or 21s. And is that then, what it is now? Yeah, I think it's 20s or 21s. Really? Colts is, yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, they pushed it up, and which I think is a bit – I reckon you should start playing men like at after 19, you should start looking at playing men, you know, like – I'm the opposite. I like the NFL. I like prolonging and not getting into the NFL until you're 26, 20, like unless you're a freak superstar, and starting your career at 25, 26 and playing into your 30 because I think that's where you get your man strength and get your best yeah. sort of, especially with now that rugby league's caught up with all the development on, you know, looking after your body and, and whatnot. I think a lot of injuries and a lot of careers are ended from that 19 to 23-year-old gap yeah. where – Boys are asked to play against men and they're not there yet. Like yeah. Some of them are and you can, but rugby league is a very, very long season, especially if you're a big boy, big bopper, front rower. How young Sam Walker's doing it at the moment. Off the Unbelievable. Back. Unbelievable. The thing that fucks me about this, how is anyone like ridiculing this kid? Oh. You know, like what he did the other night, you know, running backwards to kick. What, sorry, yeah, did, did, I think about that all the time. I, was, I, was, I say that all the time. I go, yeah. give me the ball, I'll go waste 30 seconds back there. 100%. With, yeah. You know, and, and this, that's smart. And we're talking about an 18 year old kid, yeah. you know, that's killing it at the fucking the top level of the game. Yeah. And people are like coming down on him. He shouldn't have been even playing at that level yet, but he's good enough too. Yeah. And he's, and he's showing that he is. So, yeah, yeah, correct. Mate, um, I thought that was, yeah, I, I always think about that. Why don't you run around for 30? You've got five seconds to go, like, go run around or kick it back or go score a try up the other end. Yeah. You know, there's a drop out, there's 30 seconds, game's over. Like, people, that's that's rugby league brains. Oh, Every, that's everyone it. else who's saying something different or bagging him, bloody, they got one position and it's probably a front rower. So. <laughs> that's right. Uh, mate, you'd kind of, um, mate, you run here. That's oh, it. That's, that's it. it. <laughs> you stay in the middle, run yeah. forward, tackle. But it's the same as Benny Hunt, mate. Like, I've never jumped off the Benny Hunt train. I fucking froth him. Yeah. And he dropped that ball at Broncos. I'm a, like I said, a Broncos fan. Yeah. He should have never had the uh, chance to drop that ball because yeah. Oates never jumps in and runs in at the centre like that, like he did when they scored in the last second. Yeah. You know, so it, it was never on him to be out. Like, he shouldn't have gone to that. No, that's but, right. But also with Benny Hunt, he's so, I think he's stuck in that world where he's such a good player. And we know that he's a great player a hooker he's a fantastic hooker but he goes to clubs that need a halfback yes. and he's so good that he can play halfback yeah, that's exactly and, right and you know but, but we see that when he's able to just play his natural game we see what he does Kills on Wednesday it. night yeah, yeah.
But that's team schedules, that's money, that's the salary cap, that's everything with rugby league that, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, it, it does ruin careers, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, we need a half-out, you've got to play there, you've got to do what you do for the team. doesn't pan out three years later, well, well, no one wants to sign you because you played shit for three years out of yeah. position. So I've seen it happen a million times. That's so. right. It's a downside. And like ourselves having to play out of position, you know, you know what it's like. Yeah, you know, like, fucking, all I did was jump. Yeah, uh, throughout my career. So, but mate, I loved it. I just loved everything about rugby league. Funny that because I haven't touched a footy in a couple of years now. <laughs> it's uh, it is. I, I've just and I really wanted to get into coaching and, and whatnot after it, and I was I was so close to doing it. But obviously, we're going down a different road now here with products and, and developing um, athlete sort of products. Just because I found that there's, there's nothing right out there in the vitamins and minerals sort of thing. It's all fillers and all fucking shit. So we're trying to develop that, yeah. and this that just takes up time. And to be a good coach, you need to have same mentality as That's as it. a player. You need as to be all athlete. or nothing and, and whatnot. And I'm a bit selfish, mate. I fucking <laughs> like training on my own, going surfing, doing everything like that. And, yeah. But yeah, is it hasn't rugby league changed a little since we've played, mate? Yeah. Are you still playing, by the way? I am still playing. Fuck. Yeah. Heck, <laughs> That's so good, mate. So, mate, I, I I'm back at my junior club. I'm back at West West just playing with my mates again. So I've had one year off. And then the last five, so since 2015, 2016, between international for USA, I've been just playing with my club at West Michi. How good. Yeah, and just with, with my mates. And remember when we were younger, open ones and just say seniors, sunny coast, the average age would be around that 30, 28. Yeah. Right? I'm up. Mate, it's so young now. So I'm the oldest in the team at 34, and our average age is about 25 in an open ones team. Wow. Yeah. So, but I, I just can't give it up yet, mate. It's, no. I'm, I'm still, I'm like this. I'm just coming back from a, a total rupture PCL, and so I had eight weeks off, and this is my second week back now. So now I've done my MCL, PCL, and and LCL in my left knee, and I've two knee, uh, two ACLs done on my right knee. But, <laughs> but uh, I just, <laughs> mate, yeah, mate. But like. I just can't get away from when you walk off that field and have a win yes. and you're in the fucking sheds with the boys. Yeah. Bro. Well, mate, that's the biggest thing I, I missed. And the biggest thing I can say to you as well is don't stop until you're done. Yeah. Because you're a long time retired. Yeah. Uh, and I say that to all my mates still playing NRL. And, you know, with being in the bubble at the moment, a couple of them getting on the drag and, you know, it is a very big toll for them mentally just to be locked up and told to do one thing. And But – I always say, mate, just play until you don't want to play because for me, there was always that, oh, fuck it, I'll just go back and play another year. Yeah. There was always the, what, that one more year that I really wanted. Um, still might happen. We've got a group chat with all my mates going back to play Calandra Reserve Grade. I oh, think yeah. it was 2022. It's meant to happen next year. Yeah. It would all be fucking nearly 40. Yeah. <laughs> but that one more year. But, yeah, don't stop. Keep playing. Yeah. Keep well, playing. That, that's the thing, mate. And, and if your body's still conditioned to getting tackled, getting hit, your tackle, you know, Correct. it doesn't go away. Like, I, I wake up on Sunday a bit, so, like, you feel it a fair bit yeah. more, but it doesn't stop me from wanting to keep doing nah. it you know i'll know when i'm too slow or i'm just too off the pace to you know we i'm playing open ones but i i know i could i'm still at a level that i could play at the higher grades if they like the we got re, at west we have reggies above us yep. and i i trial with reggies when they want me like because they they know that i just like playing open ones now yeah so i do some trials with reggies just to test myself out still and then i wouldn't mind just throwing throw like even if i go into next year maybe have some B, uh, brl games just to keep testing yourself you know yep. that that's what it's about that's like, right and see and then when father time actually taps me on the shoulder and be yeah. like freedy mate 
fucking yeah. take a seat in that grandstand. The, the, the 27th knee reconstruction. <laughs> yeah. The 28th knocking on the door. You're like, oh, maybe mm. not. But, uh, yeah, yeah, but that, mate, to keep going over that whole thing, like this is what it's all about. Your perseverance, mate, has been absolutely fucking sensational. So you've gone from there. You've gone for try to get a chance at the Sunshine Coast. I mean, we did. Yeah. We were searching for players and, and searching for We're not building a club, which was great. Yeah. I disappeared off the scene. I you know, hung up my boots and went surfing and moved to Bali and all that. And yeah. the next thing I heard, I come back, I was here and I was like, Freddie's playing cup. Yeah. And then next minute, I'm seeing post on there, you're, you're overseas. So how did that transition? What was that period from going, and how did you get to the USA from playing cup yeah. to getting contracts and going overseas? So what happened, so my, my dad was, he's American, he's passed away now, but my dad is American and um, he was born in um, Pennsylvania and grew up in Colorado. So he met my mum, they were around 25 and stuff, and then she dragged him over here. Back to Oz. Yeah, back to Oz. And then so that's where my citizenship comes into it. So I'm, I've got dual passport. So you don't take up an international? Pardon? You, do they have a certain amount of internationals over in Europe? Yeah, no, yeah. So I know. So I don't take up a, you don't an take import up thing. Import, yeah, yeah. yeah, so I'm a fully fledged Yank yeah, when that's I'm over there. Yeah, so. There's the. There's, can you sing the anthem? Well, yeah, I can. I can. I can. <laughs> and, and I fuck because, mate, I fucking love their anthem. Yeah, you, I know. You, you can fuck, You can it. fucking rip into it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I want to get the guitar yeah. and play some fucking lead guitar. <laughs> <laughs> nah, 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 nah. But um, yeah, and so um, when we're at Sunny Coast, I wasn't even thinking about that yet because the qualifiers and stuff for the World Cup were just coming up. And I hadn't really looked into because um, it, just, it was my dad's idea that was like, Freddie, you've got to keep looking at how you can get over there and get into – if they're going to try to qualify, get into that qualifying team. And I was like, oh, okay. So in 2012, they had a qualifier. I put my name into the ring and I was in their player pool, but they didn't use me. And it fucking pissed me off that they didn't use me because I went over there at the time of their qualifications and said, yeah, well, if I'm going to be in the player pool, I'm going to put myself in the situation where I can actually qualify. With well, how, how did you get wind of that? How did you even get yourself into the player pool? How, uh, does, it, how does it work? What so you- it, what happens is when over here, when you start, for me, it just was when I started playing Colts, you put down a, a red where you can actually play for. So I said in your Colts application, you say you play for you. You got Australian heritage, and I put American heritage. So that goes to like a database or whatever. So your name flags under American heritage. And then once I I really started playing Queensland Cup, then they started getting in contact with me more. Yeah, like of course. That. So and that was real close to that qualifier in 2012, and so they didn't use me. So I came back and that's when I started the season playing cup with Cordy. Yep. And then he cut me. So he, I had a real bad game. I had a shocking game. I think I dropped two on the wing. He dropped me. It was like my first bad game in a few weeks. And he dropped me. But the other winger who worked for his company who didn't have a good game, he didn't get the same treatment. Uh. So I was like, all right, sweet. Go fuck yourself, cunt. I'm- Sorry, <laughs> Nana. <laughs> Sorry, Nan. <laughs> And and it was it was that and then so I I got a mate um Kimmy Ingebrigtsen and I said Kimmy can you get me over to France and then so Kimmy reached out to some clubs for me over in France and then I got a they said we need a halfback so I had a, I had some film of me playing halfback against um, East Brisbane for Sunny Coast because there was a trial that I played and I was like yeah I am a halfback <laughs> and then so I sent him me playing halfback and they go yeah we'll grab him. So I, I signed a contract for a year contract for Elite One over in France. So that's the 
top um, competition below Super League, um, like the Catalans. Yep. So I, I thought, if I do this, this is really going to pick up on USA's radar. Correct. So that season, I stopped playing Sunny Coast, I think uh, a couple of weeks after I got dropped. And then I flew over, I went over to France and then played a full season over there. And then, uh, yeah, it was uh, while I was over in France, I, um, my dad emailed me that he had pancreatic cancer. And uh, he knew before I went to France that he had pancreatic cancer, but he didn't tell me. So he emailed me while I was over there and he said, um, he goes, mate, I'm not dying, but if you come back, without playing for the USA, he'll fucking kill me. Oh, so, heck. yeah, so I, so what I did is I, I stayed over there. I kept, kept in contact with my family. Yeah. Um, he was doing, he was doing everything he could. He was traveling over to Germany to, cause they had really good, yeah, I've they, heard that. Yeah, they do yeah. everything right over there, vitamin C infusions and yeah. stuff like that. And so he was doing everything that he could. And then I finished my, uh, I finished my season in France, um, playing for Lescure, just a town outside Elby, which is like an uh, hour east of Toulouse. And then from then I came back, had, um, an engagement party because, uh, my missus came over when I was in France. We got engaged. So we went back home to have an engagement party with my mum and dad and stuff. And then I flew straight back to America to play the season leading into the World Cup. So I, so I asked Daddy, he goes, mate, I need you to get back over there because I need you to play for, oh, I want you to play for the USA. Yeah. And so me and um, Mark Offerdale, um, he the, he's, was the late, late, most recent captain of the USA side, big redhead, played for Easts, and um, he was also contracted at Manly when they were with us at the start. And then we had went over and played for Connecticut Wildcats. And then from there, um, everyone got put into a, like a 21 player pool. I made that player pool and then it got cut down to the actual world cup team. And then I made that, I made that side. So from there, when in from going from there, going home and then flying back over, getting ready for the 2013 world cup. Wow. So what was, what's the footy like over there? Ah, uh, in America when yes. we were there. Okay, <laughs> so so I mean, you go play for Connecticut. You walk in there. What's your first training session? Yeah, so the first training session, and this is one of the most classic stories ever. But I was there for like the second training session of the season, and they um so the it, the Connecticut Wildcats was the name at the uh, time, and um so I get over there, and uh, the <laughs> they got a new sponsor on board, right? He's coming down to watch his train. So no one, um, the manager forgot to bring the footballs. So we had no football. So over there, you don't have a sign field. You rent out like a high school field to play on for the season because it's like a six to eight week season. It's very, it'd be, it'd be like what gridiron is over here. Yeah. You know, that kind of level. But we didn't have balls. So in front of these um, sponsors, we were throwing a shoe to each other in our football warm-ups. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, and I think about that, and it just it cracks me up every time. So we've got one of the boys takes off his shoe, and we're throwing the shoe like. It's Look, we need cash. Yeah, we haven't even got fucking balls. Yeah. Please help. Send help. Yeah, but yeah, and then um, I didn't have a place to stay at the time because the clubs don't have money or anything. You know, right. they live off like they're just the, everyone putting in and and helping out the club. So I didn't have a place to stay over there. But one of my mate, who's one of my real good mates now, Phil Schachter. He goes, yeah, you can stay with me for a week or something. That's the first night I met him, and I remember him going, I go, oh, do you want me to um, put the uh, my bag in the boot? He goes, it's called a trunk, motherfucker, and put it in there. <laughs> and so I put my bag in the in the trunk, and then uh, 
went back to his house, ended up hitting it off, and I just stayed with him and his family the whole like that season over there. Wow, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. Good bloke. Yeah, he is. He is a legend. good bloke. Legend, mate. Can I have a couch for a week? Yeah, and six years later, ended up having a room. Me and my wife and my daughter actually went and um, lived over there for four months, like after the like years after the fact, yeah. and just stayed in his bottom apartment. Yeah, wow, just, how good. Yeah. So where? So where was that? That was at that's Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah. So, so but it just just think if there's. New York, so you're northeast, right? So you've got Manhattan. If you drive about an hour and 15, even more east up the coast or like towards Connecticut, it's right on the, uh, the New York border. Yeah. So the um, cold. Yeah, it gets cold in winter, but it, it's summer sport over there. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah, so we it, it's and summer over there is also made. It's like you don't have that humidity; it's just hot if it's hot, and then if you get in the shade, it's fine. Yeah, you're not getting uh, seventeen skin cancers. No, that's you're right. Outside yeah. in the middle of the day. Yeah, yeah, like after after games, mate. Like in Phil's dad, the guy I was living with, lived around the corner, and I'm talking like yeah. Yeah, soprano style house setup where it's like in the backyard, big pool, barbecue pit, yeah. um, balcony. You know, we used to have our after team parties after their runs in the pool, drinking yeah. fucking Budweiser. You know, it was, it was good, good times. Good times, yeah. But um, yeah, and obviously we were just we were just playing in that. We won the comp, and uh, you know that that competition. It's uh, yeah, you have a couple of good imports, and you, you're going to win the comp. Yeah, and uh, it's just. Still in the development, yeah. very, very growing stage. But it is growing over there. It's it, from when I remember first hearing about going to the USA, and one of the boys did it. He went and captain coached over there, Timmy G. Yep. And there was like six teams with just thirteen players in it. And right now, now it's like, like you said, they get you over there, imports the. You know, the competition's better, yeah. the footy's getting better, everything's getting better, and they're starting to understand the game and more people are getting involved and, yeah, yeah it's good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, it, it's it's a, a lot of it, um, especially with we just saw with that NARL, what they tried to kick off and now it's stopped for a season. So they were mm. trying to start where they actually gave the clubs like a one entity gave the clubs a bunch of money to come into this new competition and go away from the um, – the USARL, which was the Hawks banner was under. Yeah. But they can that for this year, and I think they're looking at building it for next year because yeah. it, it was see, looking like it was a bit too quick to try to throw to get the season together this year. Yeah. So they I, hopefully they're looking at building it and get, doing it right for the year after. Yeah, especially with all the uh, COVID regulations and that over there. 100%. So. What they, the way they were going to do it is like every round was a magic round where they'd go to one field and all the teams would just go to one field yeah. and do that like four or five times in a season. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, hectic. So eight-week competitions, were you coming back home and playing any footy or were you just staying over there? What were you doing? No, what? yeah, what happened, especially before that, because that uh, competition finished in like July, August, especially before that 2013 World Cup. So I came back for a bit and then and it was November, which was when the World Cup was. So I came back home, just trained until the, the World Cup. So, yeah, so right. fin yeah, finished up. So I went from France back home for a couple of weeks, US, back home for a few weeks, and then went over and started getting ready into camp. So how'd they notify you? So you're in. Mate, so our manager was uh, Stephen Johnson, who's um, one of the heads at Ipswich Jets, and he was he was doing all the work for the USA at that time. And we got, they notified us, it was classic, mate, they made, we got letters in the mail. Really? Yeah. He sent around letters in the mail and said, like, Christian Free, congratulations, you were in, uh, like, 2013 uh, uh, USA World Cup team. All right. What did that feel like? 
It was awesome. It was the biggest fucking relief of my life just because... Um, so much effort. Yeah. So, to it. Yeah. And, and um, but yeah, just that final, like, yeah, fucking in, I was like, yeah, all this fucking, even like, because I, I knew the driving up the coast was for something. I knew the, the leaving sunny coast, going over to France, I, that was building to something. I always had that one goal yeah. of to get into this side. So it was all worth it, you know? Yeah. So. And you know, the toll that like my, my miss, I had a missus the whole time. She's over in the, she's in Australia yeah. and I'm, I'm just fucking gallivanting around the world. And then my dad's in and out of hospital and my, my family's taking care of him and I'm not fucking there. So it was, yeah, it was challenging. Like, and you're 28, 20. Oh no, the day I was 26. 26. Yeah, 26 then. So you think you know everything, but we've still got a lot of learning to do. Oh, man, yeah. yeah. Was yeah. Key. And I thought I was like getting older in my career at yeah. that stage and I look back then, you're a fucking baby, yeah, man. Yeah, that's right. Like, yeah. Uh, wow, what a journey, mate. So just picturing it all through my head, like when you said that, when you said I knew going to the Sunshine Coast was for a reason, I knew going to France was for a reason, it's so hard to see when you're making those decisions and you're in it. Yeah. But like looking back now, you go, fuck, how did that pan out? Yeah. How did that happen? How did all the planets align? Yeah. And, mate, that's what about any listeners out there or anything like that or any kids or anything like that, you just got to take your chance. And th yeah. that's exactly what you did. You took every single chance. So, I mean, some might have been wrong decisions, some might have been right decisions, but you're able to die on your decision. You know what I mean? Your dad's saying, stay over there. You know, that's a big sacrifice, especially yeah. when the old boy's going through that. You misses how much pressure did it put on you? I know I've been in, you know, relationships with chicks who don't like rugby league, so yeah. she must be a good girl to hang about <laughs> yeah. while we're doing the footy thing and chasing our dreams and, and whatnot. But, um, yeah, it's, it's I love seeing every single cog somehow fit together to get yeah. to that point. And then there's what, another point which is even crazier is, so I'm playing in that France competition. I'm not mates with Mark Offerdale yet. I'm playing for Lescure. I play him in Carcassonne. He's playing for Carcassonne over in France. We meet each other out on the field. He knows that I'm USA bound. Uh, bound. Yeah. He's USA bound. And um, he, he played in that qualifier that I didn't get to play in 2012. And then after I played him, he got in contact with the uh, um, heads and was like, you guys got to use this kid. Yeah. You know, I just played him and we became best mates over in France. And then that's why me and Offerdale went to Connecticut together and just played good footy off each other. And then, and then, and you know, even that chance of me playing against him, I didn't know him besides I knew that he played at East and was a USA rep already. Yeah. And that even helped out. Well, that's the next thing that shows rugby league family there. And not, and that's one thing I do miss about being in, in that sort of in rugby league is the rugby league family. You, people look after people in there and you create friends for life, mate. Mm. You know what I mean? It's it's something that I've got my whole career. I've got best friends. I've got everything out of it. Like you said, like yeah. being Mark, off that one chance, you know yeah. what I mean? I've got guys that are still in contact today with and we go surfing and we do everything all through that one game of rugby league. I yeah. mean, my best mate, Louie, our friendship was forged on – you know, coming home from high school and going, we're going to make NRL, quick quick, mum, make us some protein muffins, you know. And yeah. Let's go down the park and train like that rugby league. It's got so much power um, and I love it. I love that camaraderie and the teamship, yeah, uh, mateship and everything that goes with it. So from here, 
What happens? When do you start training? How do you go about it? You've made the squad. Okay, so yeah, made the squad. So guaranteed 21 squad, I think it was at the time, or 21, 23 or something. So what we do is France wanted to play us in a friendly. And this was two weeks before the World Cup. So we all met in, so we flew over to the States and then we all met down, um, oh fuck, we all met in Spain. And then we drove a bus, a team bus from Spain up to Toulouse. So this is also the years just after, like, it, it's still only been a year since I was playing, like, Toulouse and stuff. So we were going to play France in a stadium that I was playing out of, like, the year before with, like, Offerdale yeah. and stuff. So we're using this as a trial for our boys to see who's actually going to, we're going to use really within their positions in the World Cup. Uh, France uh, ranked number four at the time. But they paid for everything. They're bringing us over for a fucking pretty much an opposed session. Yeah. So we end up beating them 22 to 18, I think. Our coach was Terry Madison. Yeah, right. Yeah, Box. So, yeah, yeah Box was coaching us. How did he get that job? It was meant to be, fuck, it was meant to be, who was the Parramatta's old head coach? Brian Smith. It was meant to be Brian Smith. Fuck that. Yeah, that's what I heard. <laughs> that's what I heard. And then Brian Smith couldn't do it. And then so uh, Jono, Steve Johnson, the manager, he reached out to Terry Madison and, and um, he box goes, yeah, I'll fucking do it. And so we drive up to Toulouse and um, we have like a, a, a few days training there and then we go into a, um, a game against uh, international friendly against uh, France and we knock them off. So it turned, what it did is, and you could tell Terry Madison went from, oh, this is just, this is going to be where we're a part of a competition to... Uh, we're going to do something in this fucking competition. So after that game, we had like, I think I remember we drank like one or two beers in the sheds afterwards celebrating. And then he was like, that's it. No more shit, boys. We got it. We were taking, like, we're taking this shit serious. I remember seeing your photo pop up in, the, in that first USA jersey. Yeah. And I was like, fucking check this shit. He's, he's going. Yeah. He's going to the World Cup. Yeah. So, um, and the cool thing was, mate, like I had my, um, my French teammates at that at the stadium watching. Of course, um, yes. I got the uh, Offerdale took this bomb at the like in the last five minutes, and he pops it back. I grab it, and I score. So I score on fucking Offerdale, and then we just ground the time out and won it. I remember kicking it. They they put up a bomb, or oh, and I caught it, and I just like I caught a bit of a Sam Walker little thing. I kind of ran back twenty, then just kicked it dead. And the game's over, and it was the first. I, the first time I actually, I, I, I cried on the field, like yeah. I teared up because I was like, "Fuck!" It was one of the best games ever, um, and it was out of like people ask me what's my highlight of my career, and I still think it's it's that game against France, yeah. beating France when they were, you know, re, re, how well they were ranked and how much of an upset it was, and they, they, you could tell their coach came in and said thanks, but they were filthy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, got them. Yeah. Pulled their pants down. Yeah, that's right. That's another thing. Punch's chance. That's it. Mate, you don't – rugby league players out there, and if you go in half assed mate, yeah. that's a – how good. Yeah. How good. So training camp from there. Uh, training camp from there, just – um, yeah. So how we, many weeks was it into uh, the World Cup? Um, So after we played France, we had a week before, like, a real training camp started. So we travelled up to – we were staying in uh, Widnes. So Widnes is north um, UK. And so we're up near like Leeds and stuff like that. So that was our area where we were staying. And um, I, I think it's the Witness Wolves is the Super League side playing out of there. So we go into training camp. I think we have a week and a half before we had to go down and play the Cook Islands back down towards London Way. 
So what we did um, is we trained for like, yeah, about a week and a half, training like, you know, two a days, plus your ice baths, yeah. all this, all the stuff. And, I'd, and I'd, I'm pretty sure after the French game, I'd cemented my fullback position, which was another thing. I was going in there with a 21 squad. I still had to make, make sure that make, I, I yeah. you know, that made, earn your spot, get, get that it. fullback position. And I thought I had a good enough game and, te- and Box had a chat to me. And so I knew I was going to be starting fullback against the Cookies. And then so again, yeah, we, we, we trained really well. Um, it's win- winter over there. So you're freezing your dick off. Um, you go out to the training fields and then, um, wind, wind escape us their whole facility. So we're just training out of their, um, their Super League yeah, stadium. Yeah. And then, um, have all their dressing rooms. We go back. You're staying at like five star, all the food, everything is fucking awesome, man. And then we got our team bus and then we, we went down, we drove down to the cookies. The night before, and that was the first game of the World Cup. And then, yeah, we knocked off the cookies as well. Yeah, so we knocked off the cookies in the in the first round of the World Cup, um, pissing down rain. I was where was the World Cup played? In the uh, UK. It was in the yeah, UK. Yeah, UK. So th- this was the first two thousand thirteen. So, oh yeah, yeah. So it was pissing down rain. I was fucking shitting myself, the, like more than any other game I've ever played because. Torrential rain, right? It's blowing a gale. It's the Cook Islanders, you know? And, yeah. And so. They're not small, lads. Yeah, no, they're not small. I remember the first bomb that went up, me and, um, Sideshow, Matty Peterson. Yeah. We didn't communicate and we, I'm coming across. We didn't call off each other. It bounces off Peterson's head and goes dead. And we'll, I was like, fuck, is this the He's way got a bald spot now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But back in the day, it probably would have softened the land and just uh, stayed in his hair. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> That's it, mate. But yeah, but we, um, we ended up knocking, we knocked off the cookies and then, um, we came back, back up to witness. And then our game after that was against Wales. We knocked them off. Yeah. And, uh, we, that was in Wales. So we, we drove across the, just across the border into Wales. And Wales was a really good game. We played very well. Like, you know, we had um, Sefa, like Joseph Paulo. Mm. Um, he was he was our five eight, and he he, he had he had such a good um, World Cup. And so did our halfback. And just everyone was clicking. And yeah. so we we knocked Wales off. We we got up to we got up on them about eighteen to nil. Like, isn't that weird when things click? Oh, mate, you, it's, you can't be beaten. Yeah, and, and it, yeah. you don't have to be a better rugby league team, but if they click and you're all on song, yeah. that's why it's a team sport. And that's yeah, and you know, Clint Newton is Clint Newton is it was at the end of his career, um, and he's playing um, second row for us, and he's fucking killing it. Yeah, you know, just getting these fucking balls off Sefa, my mate, um, Cantoni, Mark Cantoni, he broke his arm in the France game, which was a big blow because he's another good second row for us, but he had the rest until, yeah, because we thought after beating Wales. We didn't really have to win another game, and then we because we were going to go to the quarters, and the quarters was against Australia. Yeah, yeah. So then that's uh, so we lost against Scotland again. It was a tight game. We played really well. Yeah, and then we looked towards Australia for the quarterfinals. Got to play. Yeah, the Oz. Got to play. How Oz. was that feeling, mate? That was our GF, right? Yes. So leading into that week, what was really cool is we'd have we'd always have individual player meetings. And um, we'd watch video of my play and he'd be like, Christian, okay, so what I want you to do with the scrum, and he goes, and Billy Slater's is going to be doing this. Yeah. And I was just like listening to what was happening. I was like, we're talking about Billy, what Billy Slater's is going to be doing against yes. what I'm, you know, Cameron Smith's going to be here. 
we fuck, we got thirst and this is, and I was like, and even in those files, just had a smile on my face. Yeah. Man. I was like, this is unbelievable. When we um, got to the game, we it was cool. We got to play him in the stadium that we played Wales at. So all the Welsh came out supporting USA because we knocked off their team. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I remember Sefa was putting bombs up for me and I'm catching the bombs, just practicing my hands and stuff for the game. And I look over and, and um, Slater's doing the same thing. Wow. And I was just like, yeah. How this, good is this? This is sick, mate. Uh, oh. Yeah, and obviously we, we gave it our best shot. We didn't play the best game. They put uh, they, they ended up putting 62 on us. Right, still. Yeah, and um, but there was 15, 20-minute passage, like before halftime, after halftime, where we got into a little bit of an arm wrestle. Competitive. Which was, which was great. It was just... You know, they were just beating us on the edges. Uh, yep. It was – Hayne was in, like – That was that year that he was untouchable. Untouchable, mate, um, in the sentence. I've never seen – well, Tom Trevojevic probably the only other one that I've seen right, uh, yeah. be able to play that good. Yeah. Like, you couldn't touch him. Yeah. Uh, and then – and just, the, like, mate, like, we knew that uh, after the game the, the Aussies were going to – you know, we, we'd, we'd set up to ask if we could swap jerseys with them. Yeah. And so – but then even before the game – so my, my dad's in hospital watching this and I'm, I'm, I'm on the, out on the left singing the American anthem. So weird that we're singing the American anthem and also then – and then we're we listening to the Australian anthem. And then after the game, Slater got injured early uh, in that game uh, with a knee. So I, I like to say I got a higher player rating than him in the <laughs> game. But, no, but I was – after the game, I was cranky because I thought he would have gone to hospital already and I wasn't able to swap jerseys. Oh, yeah. Before he goes to hospital, he comes into our dressing sheds and he goes, um, where's the, where's your fullback? Because Clint Newton played with him at um, yeah. uh, Melbourne, obviously. Of course. And he goes, oh, I, I just said I needed to make sure I swapped with him. So before he went to hospital, he waited until I was off the field, came into the dressing shed, swapped my jersey with him. And then Slater's also like, oh, do you want my pants as well? I ripped my fucking ah. pants off straight away in a second. I go, fucking no. So what a hell, man. Just a legend, mate. Like, yeah, yeah swapping. You know I mean? He's pin-up boy for his um, fitness app. Oh, really? Slater. Yeah. Because yeah. Chapo. Chapo. Is the, yeah. He's the head guy. Yeah. yeah. So that's when I started losing all the weight. I rang Chapo. Yeah. Help. He goes, I'll get you on this app. He goes, I said, I won't let you down. I said, watch this. I'll, I'll drop 40 kilos in six weeks or something, well, something stupid, three months. Yeah. You can use the photos for the app. Lo and behold, later, I'm on Channel 10, move with Billy Slater <laughs> as the fucking fat boy who lost it all. <laughs> oh, that's classic because yeah. I, I, I keep up with what Chapo's doing as well yeah. too. Mate, he's an animal. Oh, mate. Mate, he's an absolute fucking animal now. He's um, He just does everything. He's doing the 100Ks. He's wearing Bessie's. Doing well, backflips and well, I, I think you are both insane. Yeah, okay. like what's? what's <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I I know I am insane. All right, mate. I fucking know. That's why I do this shit. Try and keep my head straight. But uh, yeah, crazy. So yeah, so that that was the wrap up of the World Cup. Yeah, and that was and that was the 2013. So that's when we were Tomahawks. Yeah, and that's when the US really should have jumped on the back of that. And yes, because it had momentum. It had people momentum. Were, people were talking about it. I oh, know. Right. So anyway, in my personal life, what happened is um. Yeah, got to see that, come home. I think my dad passed away three weeks after that. And um, I got him cremated in the jersey that I wore against Australia. I gave Billy not the jersey I wore. I gave Billy like one of my I've others. got his phone number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's probably using it as a fucking oil rag. Yeah. At the moment anyway. But um, yeah, so I got my dad cremated in the jersey that I played against Australia. And, and yeah, that was about three or four, four weeks later after I got home from that World Cup. 
So he got to got to see uh, he got to see me do that. Mate, and then, how good of a moment! Oh mate, yeah. Novel. Being a father now, um, mate, that must be something. Yeah, He'd die a happy man. Yeah, and you yeah, know what I mean. And and you think oh, sometimes I think I think what a fucking selfish asshole I was not going back and stuff. No. And now I see like you know like you said, being you a change. Dad, you'd be like, no, I want you. You you want to, I want you to do everything yeah. you can do to do that. Like you can you can hear or you you go oh yeah I understand, but you don't understand until you have a kid. Then you're yeah. like oh I get it. Yeah. So you understand, and then when you have a kid, you go oh I get it. Yeah. Like, I know what he was doing. I, I see that. Yeah, yeah exactly. So. And um, big difference. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And then, yeah, so I uh, came back and then what happened, all this fuck up with the, who who was actually, because we had the AMNRL over there and the USARL, two like two uh, entities of yeah. the, a rugby league. USARL had more teams, so they gave power to the USARL. Straight away, they changed the name to the Hawks. Yeah. So all that branding and fucking and press that we got as Tomahawks, yeah. they changed it straight to the Hawks and really dismissed anything that we had just done. Yeah, it's a new team. Yeah. and Look uh, how many times Sunshine Coast has done that. That's right. Yeah. So we're the Falcons now, but we've been the Seagulls, we've been the Falcons before that, being something else. Um yeah, you just it's starting from scratch every time you do it. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, I went on and I played um, in all their qualifiers, and I played in that 2017 World Cup with the Hawks yep. as well. But they used very way less heritage players, and they used way more real Americans that were living over there. And we weren't. You just can't. We're not. We we weren't no. as we we got touched up every 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 round, game. Every yep. game. And, Didn't you just have the speedster? Um. Uh, Burrows is he lightning? You Light- Ryan Burrows? We yeah, had, yeah. So we had Burrows, the white kid. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Fast. Yeah, so he's fast, and 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 the, you probably also also noticed him because we played in the 2019 Nines World Cup. Yes, yeah, that was that was it. That's yeah, where so yeah, that's where nice. you would have seen him because he. Uh, so you got to do that as well. Yeah, so I was, <laughs> man, how good? Yeah, so the 2019 one, which is Nines, which you know. Nines is a younger player's yeah, <laughs> game, bro. Yeah. I was dragging ass, but um, Militano was in our team for that. Yeah. And that's that one where he dribbles. Uh, so I'm at hooker, I pass through him, he dribbles the ball and hits the pad, bounces back to me, Honga runs into the pad, isn't able to tackle me, and I score the try in the bonus section. <laughs> oh, yes, so how good. Yeah, so whenever there's, there's the classic one where in the thir- 2013 where Hayne fucking bumps me and turtles me over the line. Really? Like, and all the yeah, and I'm on my back like a fucking cockroach. And and hey, what when he Parker did a flick pass, I, no one saw it and Hayne just came at me. The motherfucker could have easily stepped me. <laughs> so No, yeah, he's making you yeah. a highlight reel. Yeah, so mate, Got, yeah. mate, I hope hope you're learning that left foot back in that jail cell. Yeah. But um it, uh, <laughs> but um yeah but he, he need a mic <laughs> but he but he bumped me and um a lot of um people they always say that that and now but I'm like oh but, but check it out I scored around Ponga yeah <laughs> there you go got one back scored around Ponga in a fucking uh a goalpost but yeah how yeah. good so fuck you've been on a journey haven't you yeah mate it's lucky that I've got a USA citizenship as well you know well, it's not lucky you're fifty percent USA but yeah, it's, yeah that's that's what it is you got to play. For your country. Yeah, you know that's what I mean? right. And it's such a, you know, it's the biggest honor ever. And, and you know, like you said, say before, joking about the American anthem and stuff, and I fucking know that back to front. And, like, I've got more family over there than I do over here. Mm. Um, but besides the French game and stuff and playing for all that, uh, a lot of people say, some like some people will say to me, yeah, like, yeah, but you, you played for, like, a, a second-tier nation. And, and I kind of come back with, yeah, but 
I've also I go don't discredit. I've played Queensland Cup. Yeah, you know, like I I hold I hire. Yeah, I didn't I didn't just make this time because they didn't have enough numbers, and yeah. I was the Aussie guy who could play rugby league. My, yeah. I fucking played rugby yeah. league, mate. I trained four to five nights a week and played on weekends for ten years to get to here. Yeah, and, and it, that, that's just at the top level. That's not your juniors. Yeah. You know? And and like mate, well, you know, it goes, and it probably happened with you too. You know, your, your dream goes from playing NRL, and then once you realise that that might not be possible, my dream went to being getting a Queensland Cup debut, yeah. and that means so much to me. I was realistic because I came back. I went surfing until I was eighteen, and one of the boys goes, "Come back and play fucking footy." Yeah, like, you can play, and I was like, oh, "Having fun surfing." Um, <laughs> anyway, rolled down to. Uh, Caloundra Sharks, um, he got us down there and, yeah, started playing footy. So I didn't step back into playing my top rugby league until I was about 20 and started taking it seriously yeah. again. Lucky enough, got to play outside Alan Langer because Kevy Langer coached us that year and he, Alan had just retired. Yeah. Kevy rings up goes, Alf, come play halfback. Yeah. I got to play outside Alf and scored like some stupid amount of tries off him that year. <laughs> yeah. And that's where I went to Redcliffe. But yes, I wanted to play NRL in all dream, but I I loved Queensland Cup. Yeah. And I wanted to play Queensland Cup. And that was my goal of my career and I, I was very happy and, about getting there. And that's yeah, and that's why I brought it up, mate, because yeah. I've got my Queensland Cup debut jersey framed mm. in my man cave. Yeah. And and people might think that's weird, but it's like it's not weird. I, I hold Queensland Cup on such bit. a high level. Yeah. They're like to, they're, for me to get to that Queensland Cup level is such a big yeah. thing of mine. You That's know? what I, and this is all, this is for everyone out there, this is all about running your own race, um, not running someone else's race. You, you know, you, you might not be a Darren Lockyer, but if you're willing to, you know, get at it every day and not listen to those people um, going, oh, you're too small, you're too this, you're too that, it, mate, it doesn't matter what level you get to it's it's what level you set yourself and what you can achieve and look back and be happy with i'm very happy with my rugby league career i've moved on i'm doing something else now I'm yeah. chasing other dreams and that I'm, I'm i'm boxing i'm running am i going to be a number one marathon runner no do i love it yes am i going to be a professional fighter no do i love it yes i'm going to fight in the masters that are coming up um here in i think it's about 16 weeks because you're, you're meant to fight recently but because of covid eh? No, I got injured. Oh, okay. I peaked too early. I'm doing too much. That's uh, I got out of my comfort zone. Um, I'm all about training at seventy percent uh, nowadays. I don't. I train, as you know, three a.m., three six five every day. But do you, I, Vanny, what time do you go to bed at night? Oh, mate, I still try. Yeah, I'm in bed six thirty, seven o'clock. <laughs> you know, if I've, got, if I've got a late night at work or something like that, it's eight o'clock, nine o'clock, and yeah. You know, the body clock still goes off, but I make sure I try and – I can run off six – I've got ADHD, mate. Six hours for yeah. me and I'm like, man, let's go. And with the um, – because I've talked to you about this. I don't know if you've said this on any of your podcasts, but with the 3 a.m., why did it turn into a 3 a.m. time ah, you get in there? Yeah, Have you talked about this? No, I haven't. I haven't brought it up yet. So, mate, I was I was battling those demons in my head. I was um, – I was – you know, trying to chase my former self, I turned into a fucking fat, useless fuck. I was so pissed off and so depressed. And there was this one moment that turned for me and it was, um, if I can make myself this depressed, I can make myself that fucking happy. Anyway, so I had to get, I use internal anger. Um, I basically bagged the shit out of myself to get myself motivated. Yeah. And I've got to win. I've always, I've always had that competitiveness in me. I've got to fucking win. So I think I'm tough. I'm getting back in there. I'm doing all this fucking two-a-day training. I'm going again. I start going to the gym in the mornings because um, that's what I know. I go back, lift weights, and, and getting on the treddy and 
running 100 metres and walking 100 metres. I've got videos of me fucking fat gut bouncing up and down. Yeah. This will be a good story because I knew as soon as I made that decision, I knew where I'd be yeah. if I played the long game. But the process was anyway. So I'm going to the gym in the morning and I start rocking up early and I'm fucking in there and there's a couple of other blokes in there early. I'm thinking, fucking, what time are these guys getting in? <laughs> anyway, so that was about 4.30. So I start getting in at 4. Yeah. And training. I've got to get, to get this training session in then I go to boxing in the afternoons, like two a day. So um, I've got to get this weight off. And old mate's, one bloke's still in there earlier than me. I'm thinking, fuck, yeah. So boom, 3.50, I'm in there. I beat him in there. Yeah. How good's this? I'm first in the gym. Look at me. I'm King Dingaling. Fucking how good. I'm training hard. This is, I've, I've beat him. I've won. The next morning, he's in there first. I was, he must have came in five minutes earlier. I yeah. was like, fuck, motherfucker coming in there. Do, right. do you think he's playing the game with you? I, 100%. I know the bloke. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. I come in at 3.40, all right? I've beaten him and then he's gone, I don't know, 3.35, 3.30. And I've turned around and I've gone, fuck this. I'm just going to rock up at 3 a.m. And I'd rocked up at 3 a.m. and I've seen him start coming at 3.25, 3.20, 3.15 for a few mornings. And he's gone, fuck this. He's gone back to 4 o'clock. Yeah. But then I realised I had that gym to myself for an hour. And then I realised my day starts – so when I was starting training at 4, my day started at 5 or 6 o'clock. I'm in building as well. I've always run a company in building. Um, problems start at 5 a.m., you know what I yeah. mean? Someone's not showing up or there's not material or something like that. So I was getting halfway through my training sessions anyway, and then I was answering phone calls. So when I started training at 3 a.m., I was getting, you know, two hours done. I was getting my stretching done. Yeah. I was getting my training done, and then my day would start. And I realised 3 a.m. isn't – about getting up at 3 a.m. 3 a.m. is about that two hours in the morning and win the morning, win the day. And once I started fucking realising that and I had all this time to myself to do my thinking and, you know, process my thoughts and, of course, when you exercise and your endorphins are up and there's nothing but positivity, I come out of that and I come into the day running. It It feels like I've got a head start on the day by about, you know, 50, 100 metres. You guys are waking up, rolling around, going, oh, I've got to get my day started. I'm going, fucking, where are we going? What are we doing? Yeah. So I, I thank Andy so much. Um, he ended up being, he's the Hebel installer before we get there to render because I'm in render, Hebel and render. We end up working together anyway um, and figuring that out by bumping each other on the job site. Yeah. But, yeah, that whole progression to got to 3 a.m. has now stemmed to this company that we're building. And, and the company is all about, basically my mess, you know what I mean? How, and, and the guinea pig that I've been throughout my career from trying to be a professional, well, being a professional sportsman, whether, yeah. you, whether you play an NRL or not, I was a professional sportsman. We trained five days a week, did all that. That's right, yeah, paid but, to play. Yeah, that's it, paid to play, and that's all that I concentrated on. Yeah. Um, I worked to fund my ambition to play sport. That's right. And I've been on every single diet there have I've had every single supplement pumped into me. I've had, you know, every up and down, think I'm a hero, fucking look how good I'm going to losing everything. Yeah. So I've been bankrupt twice. I've had my building company taken off me after GFC. I've had every fucking roller coaster of emotion you could possibly go through. But the one thing that I do know that, that I've got into me is is that drive and that you're not beating me, and especially myself. But nowadays, I don't see negativity either at all. I don't see, you know, if you start whinging about something, I'll fucking other zone out. Yeah. Or I'm just like, hey, enough of that. Yeah. We're heading on this path. This is the path I'm going. I'm all about not what I've done. I'm so proud of, of, of making Queensland Cup. I'm so proud of what I've done, 
you know, building and losing my career, I've now got the, the vision of that didn't happen to me. It happened for me. That was a big changing point in my mentality. And I, I, It's so weird in your 20s. You think that's the end of it. Once your footy career is over and that you think the best of you is done. Yeah. And I've started to realize that, you know, five years, I'm going to be good at something. Five years, I'm going to have a booming company and a booming fucking podcast. You know, yeah. it's going to happen. It's just a process. In 10 years, I'm going to be a professional at this. I'm going to be speaking in a studio. Everything's going to be great. Or I'm not going to pan out. I'm going to hit reset. Yeah. I'm going to go again with something else I love. I mean, we were talking about, I know I've been on the mic, and a lot of yeps coming out before we think – before 3AM 365 came about, I had a, a travel website that we were putting together for four years, put so much time and energy and money into it, neverneverland.team. It's still sitting there, but we we're going to – all the islands, all the beautiful islands out of Bali, all the ones you should be going to, getting straight out of fucking Cuda, and getting all the local people to put their small businesses on that they have nothing to advertise about, you know, that – you know, learn to cook Indonesia, learn to speak Indonesia, this secret surf spot, this day tour, this bike riding thing. We had that ready to go, bang. The week before we fly out to launch it over there, COVID hits. We, we lose our flights, we do that. I've just lost four or five years of my life trying to, once again, branch out away from building into something. Um, who, who are you doing that with? Myself. Just yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, is, this is me. This is me drive. This is my drive. This is my, I can't stop this thing and i mean i've got my board up there and there's been times that you know i've got 20 dollars in my pocket you know i'm back at home saying tad i can't I, I, can i move in i've got no i've got no rent this week and then this is after having brand new house brand new home everything like that so i've had to hit reset a, a lot of times in my life but i've never i didn't know how to handle it until now and um the formulas that i've that i've put together through this process and through this ride is what makes me believe so much in 3AM365 and about getting after it and not wasting a day at all. Now, 365 isn't, like I said, I train at 70%. That's so I can get up and go the next day. You've got to be able to know how to reel it in. And with rugby league, especially, it's always, ah, <laughs> ah, yeah. you know? So um, it's all about balance and getting that flow going. And, mate, I'm not being a talking it up or anything like that, but my journey speaks for itself. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll try and lead by example and show you what can be done if you just persevere oh, mate, with something. I've enjoyed, mate, I've enjoyed watching what you put up. I show so many people, like my wife, I'd be like, check out how Maddie looks so far. Like I, I'm, I'm showing, I'll show people your actual progress photos and stuff because yeah. I found it fucking amazing, man. You went from, you were like first photo to a jacked six pack yeah. and like I've never had a six pack like that and I'm, and, yeah. and I'm showing my missus, I'm like, this is what I want to get to, motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, mate. It's a it's a process, and it's been a great learning process for me as well, especially about food and gut microbiome and and fillers and and the right vitamins and minerals. I mean, playing rugby league, you just get fed eat protein, take this, eat plants, yeah. eat fucking rah, 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 rah. Um, calories, calories, yeah, calories. keep weight on, you know. Yeah, and that, I I transferred those eating habits um, to after I played, and. You know, food represents in with um, a dopamine hit and, you know, a happiness sort of thing. And it's a vicious cycle when you get in that cycle, drink, eat, fucking rah, rah, rah. But um, I was lucky because I knew how hard I could train and what I needed to do. I just needed to figure out that the pattern and what worked with my body and what worked with life. So now my message out there is to get people up and going every morning, win the morning, win the day, and, and take that. doesn't matter if you've got a family. You, you can make it work. 
you can you can find that half an hour, you can find that in an hour to yourself. It's yeah. just whether if you want to fucking do it or not. That's it. Yeah. Uh, it's like also when um I've you know obviously I, I've I've asked you some questions in the in the past or so most recent as well yeah. is uh well after like stuff happened with my dad of with with family issues and stuff I I became very dependent on like oxys. So I was very on the, yes. the painkillers and the benzos and stuff yeah. like that. So that was all, all always my vice. But I was still training at. Doesn't isn't it weird how rugby league has that that muscle relaxant? I know playing footy, it was like play footy, have a valley. That's exactly right. Yeah, play yeah. fully, have a stilly, couple of beers, and you go, oh, um, yeah. relax. And it does. I mean, yeah. your body, you feel, but that shit fucks you Fucking up in the head, man. And just seeing with my dad, the amount of medication I had around my home at that mm. time. He was a goddamn chemist. So yeah. I had my sister fucking booting it up. Yeah. I, you know, I was, I don't know, I was always orally just taking it. Yeah. Um, but and I didn't realize, but I was, I was, you know, a prescription, um, addict, yeah. you know, and, uh, for that, it goes from, you know, like you said, it goes from Valium to then, then on the oxys. And then if you can't get the oxys, then you start looking. I never did, but then the people start looking at the street stuff to try yeah. to get that hit like an oxy. And I didn't realize how bad it was. Yeah, until like you take a good look, hard look at yourself, mm. and that's why I feel like after I was so dependent on that, and I'm I'm lucky that I, I was able to slip away from that and that. But that's when I started getting heavy on the drink, and that's when I started. But you substitute, I, yeah. Don't you? But and the thing I I would make excuses in my head because I was still training at an elite level, correct? And I'd be like, well, I'm still training this hard. I can do this other stuff to my body, you yeah. know. And that's that's isn't it weird how your ego does that? Like even. Branching off on that, like you tell yourself that when you're speeding a car. Yeah. You know, you're doing 70 over, you go, oh, it's okay, it's only 10 kilometres over. Yeah. Or, you know, with the mask with coronavirus, oh, I fucking hate wearing masks and I hate that, but I'm not wearing a mask because because why? Isn't it funny how you tell yourself or you make excuses for yeah. yourself? No, I'm still playing at elite level. I can afford to do this. Yeah. What I've found is how much happier you are and how much better life is if you just don't do that shit oh, that's and it. continue going forward because it's basically four steps forward you know, three steps back Yeah, called Sunday progress day because everyone always trains during the week and then they go Saturday, Sunday off. So that's two days they missed out on and probably two days that they're doing something wrong. So they're taking two off at five, they're back down to, you know, making progress three. If they have one day off during the week, they're only making two and they wonder why they go nowhere. Yeah. If you just tick along there, you got to five days and then you just put a little stretch, a little something in day five, day seven. Instead of two days, you're at seven full days, you know, full week. You're, yeah. You're killing it and – Mate, that's what um, with the drink and everything like that as well. Jesus, once again, I've been there, done there, everything. So I'm not here to preach and say alcohol's bad. It fucking is. Yeah. But I'm just here to say that wow, with life, once you make that decision to change, um, and for me, I can't have one or two. I'm an all or nothing guy. That's yeah. Um, that, that's kind of what I'm finding about myself at the moment. Yeah. You know, like at the moment is our uh, end. I do the tricks in my head again. I'll be like, oh, I've, I know I've got four beers at home. I'll just finish them off. Then I'll have nothing in my house. But then they'll turn into, oh, then I'll put another six pack in that house. You know what Correct. I mean? But, but yeah, I've got to be, I've got to, I, I've got to take myself out of the situation. So yeah. like after footy training, I won't stay and have a beer with the, like the cartons. Yeah. If the cartons are at the back of the thing, I've got to do that. I've got to take myself. Yeah. You well remove away. yourself. Into yeah. It. The other thing you do is, um, which I, 
you find out who your real mates are, but I've, I told them. I put it out there. I speak it. I spoke it on social media. For me to do this, I put a huge tube over in Lombong and I needed to get back surfing. My soul needed cleaning. I hadn't been in the ocean for who knows how long. Yeah. And I said, for, for me to get there, please don't put a beer in front of me, blah, 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 blah. And 50% of your mates go, fucking shut the fuck up. Here, oh, oh, we're going here, we're doing this. And in a me's going, ah. <laughs> 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 but then the other ones, like I'm down the pub and I could still go down the pub and grab a soda water and get on yeah. the punt. Because um, I love my horses, I love all my mates who race. I could watch racing all day and not punt anyway. But the boys go like that, no, 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 no. And then you're like, oh, I'm, I'm good here, I'm safe. You yeah. know, they're looking out for me as well, as much as you. But then I found once you get past two weeks, three weeks, I don't, I don't need it. Yeah. And that's the same as anything. That's the same with changing your diet. That's the same with making a change in the morning. Um, two to three weeks, 21 days, the habit has started to. And this is this isn't me making shit up. This is legit how it works. Yeah. And then two, three hundred days later, it is set in stone. Like me with three AM now, it's set in stone. I don't even think. It's just bang, up, 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 up. And oh, I love no. it. Yeah. I love it. Oh, that's what I look forward to in the morning. Um, you know, the two hours to myself and and training and doing that. But the progression I find is just everyone has it in them. Yeah. Or everyone's got it in them. And, and you and me spoke about this, and I just give you a couple of nudges. I just give you a couple of tools. But it's your decision, and it's your, like you said, that inner you that's screaming to make the fucking change. Yeah. And if I've found it's really good to be honest with yourself now and listen to it and speak it. I mean, mate, I'm a bloke who's very outspoken or has been a fuckwit a lot of the time. So people either love me or hate me or that way. But that doesn't bother me anymore. I trust me gut. And if I know that something's right in my gut, I'll go with it. If it's wrong, I'm going to die on my sword. But yeah. I'm happy not to let people point fingers in my face or tell me what I should or shouldn't be doing anymore. I'll make the wrong decision and I'll, I'll move forward from there. So, yeah. But, yeah, the, the, the alcohol and the party – I mean, it's getting a little bit different now with rugby league, but the two come hand in hand. That's don't it, they? yeah. And that's what, and like I was telling you, like with the Opens being a younger age demographic now, my boys in my footy team, like I've, I'll go, we'll do man of the matches upstairs in the clubhouse and stuff. And then I'm on, I'm out, I'm looking at, at the fucking Facebook feed. They're doing all night vendors every yeah, fucking oh, week. And, and like, we've been there. Yeah. Mate, oh, oh, Monday morning's rolling around, and you're like, where yeah. am I? We're fucking yeah. a 240B, bro. Yeah, bring it back. <laughs> if that place comes back, I'll get back on the piss, I swear to God. So, <laughs> that was the business, that place. Stinky floors, yeah. fucking stinking. Yeah. yeah. Wardrop, picking oh, up chicks, left, right, oh, south. <laughs> that was um, best time of my life. So, yeah. Look, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying um, if you want to make it a choice. And you want to start living as well because I lost a lot of life being hang hungover. Yeah. I lost a lot of fucking energy and time. I, you know, I probably would have had a successful million-dollar company right now if I didn't get on the piss. Yeah. If I just started then and started building like I'm building now, 1% every day. I mean, I've been going at it for, you know, at least a year now with the, since the, the spark of the idea and putting things together. But um, I, just, I just say you make a decision make a change and have a go at it for six to eight weeks. And yeah. then, you know, you can always reset. People are so – this is what I don't like is people saying, stay in your lane, stay in your lane, stay in your lane, or they're too scared to become an amateur at yeah. something again. I relish being an amateur. I, like, I, I want to learn. I'm the same. I'm like, why can't – I want to try every lane. Yeah. You know, I, you know I was, with footy, what I did is I, I knew my, when, my, when I was coming into being a, a hooker and a halfback and that – 
I sourced out wrestling coaches. Yeah. So I went to like um uh like Grecken or uh, the actual Olympic style wrestling. Yeah. Like I forget what the first I can't say it anyway, but um I went to the PCYC because they did old school wrestling. I, I went and did wrestling classes. I started jujitsu. Yeah. I did all like I, I I and you know, I love you know the fact that you're doing with the boxing stuff. I I, I love training with hitting mitts and and doing stuff that I'm amateur at. Yeah. Making you think while you're working out that's because right. you're not just going through motions. No, it's, that's right. And when you like you said, we played rugby league for more than 20 years. That's why I, I don't touch it anymore. Yeah. It's like I'm not that I'm done with it. I still love the game and I love the sport. And but um and maybe some Oz tag coming up, but it just uh, doesn't work with my scheduling and whatnot. But uh yeah, I've just got for me, and you know, in 10 years, I probably won't be boxing. I'll probably fencing or something like that. pick up a sword. <laughs> yeah. At least someone's got to die in that sport, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I just feel that there's days are flying past now. They're oh. flying, and I can't jam enough into them. And um, I don't. That's that wigs me out a bit. Oh, well. fucking oh. oath, mate. Also, Maddie, with your surfing, I watch a lot of surfing. Like yep. I, I enjoy the sport heaps. How your your at your level? What would it take for you to be at like a, a Parco, or like what's the difference? Oh, know? mate, just that not going back to footy and just yeah, keep surfing, just keep, keep surfing, keep surfing. Um, I would, I, and just well, the progression of surfing these days is that once you get to that level where I was at, you know, competition surfing when I was nineteen and winning comps and whatnot, I either had to commit. And um, there wasn't too much around when I was that age with coaching or anything. It was just basically rock up on your own at comps and start winning comps. Um, nowadays, once that once you see your development is at that thing, you, you know your parents or someone has taken you to those waves. Yeah. But I dreamed of going to Hawaii and I'd surf and pipe, and I dreamed of going to Indonesia. Now I didn't get to do that till I finished playing rugby league at the age of you know twenty seven or something like that. Um, nowadays, kids are over there. Getting tubed, like, you know, <laughs> triple, double X overhead, and they're 11 and they're in their Instagram stars and stuff like that. So, yeah. look, I wasn't too far off with surfing. I mean, I've been, I was born on the beach. I was, I was born and raised on the beach. You know what I mean? Rugby league was also in my blood. Um, my grandfather, uh, Captain Valleys in there to many premierships and, and brothers and played for Australia. He was one of the youngest, uh, kids to play in Australia back in the day when it was rough as fuck. Yeah. Um, he was 18. Uh, versus Great Britain. Um, so I had both installed in me in a thing. And I think one, as much as I love both, if I would have dedicated to one, I'm, you know, who knows? To take your chance, take your opportunity. But um, Paco and, and those guys are another level. They're, they're the guys who stayed in the water for six hours a day and yeah. surfed every day. But, I mean, there's free surfers out there who are better than Parco. Yeah. There's always rugby league players that you never hear about that fucking got the skills and you just go, yeah. You could have made it, man. but yeah, but yeah, but you you can go, you can go to any break in the world, and you can be confident with fucking yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, mate, if it's um if it's above ten feet, I'd like to do some training, <laughs> you know, yeah. some breath, some breath training, and breath holds and that. Uh, yeah. But nowadays it doesn't, mate. Um, I'm that busy with all this stuff. It's got to be over four foot to tickle my interest. Yeah, that's you know? right. But I, I find that that I go in cycles. Like now, because I've only surfed a couple of times, you know, when there's been swell. I'm itching. I just I want to get out there when it's, I see every day in one foot. I just want to go. Like, but I know for me when I'm out in the water, if I lose myself out there, 
So I could be out there three, four hours. Yeah. And my whole fucking day is gone, which means everything here gets put on hold. And that's what happens when you surf. Yeah. You, you, you're tied to when the wind and the water and the weather wants to blow some way. And if you get a bug, like nothing else matters. Or if it's pumping, nothing else matters. You could, you could have to be at your, your fucking wedding and nothing else matters. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those sports that that's a, that's a sport that I'll never give up. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a thing that'll always be, and I'll I'll teach me boy. I even named him Sonny, yeah. so if he's not a professional surfer, I don't know what he's going to do with his life. Uh, there you go, son. I'll just live my dreams through you. Yeah. See how that <laughs> but yeah, no. So you know that is a lifetime sport. That is that is a lifestyle surfing. But um, yeah, it's so crowded down here at the Goldie. You got to be good. Oh, that's Otherwise it. Otherwise, you don't get waves. That's it. So, fucking yeah. I watch that. I watch it. Like I said, watching your videos when when there's good surf, it gives me anxiety thinking about being out there <laughs> trying to fucking pull into one of those waves. You know, yeah. with about a thousand cuts already fucking doing yeah. something on it. Right, I, I switch. Eh? I turn into this ultra froth dude. Is like, and um, look, mate, I, we went on a surf trip um, into the Mentowies with uh, a few of the boys, a few of my mates from the Titans, like um, Mitchie Rain. Yeah, he surfs really good. Books Anthony Don, he surfs great. Mickey Gordon. Fucking unbelievable. Kane Elgy. Yeah. You wouldn't believe it. Keegan Hipgrave. Hippo. Big yeah. second row. Man, he's, um, he can surf and he charge. He's got that fucking, they call him Skitsgrave. Nicest human cuddly bear. Steps over that white line. Nang, 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 nang. Yeah. Same when he goes surfing. I'm fucking going, oh, fuck. Look at this one. No, that could be. I turn around and Hippo's going like that. Going, <laughs> yeah. Just getting wild at, at things. I was like, <laughs> you are crazy. You're fucking crazy. So, oh. but yeah, like that's another thing, you know, the surfing community and that that becomes a lifestyle, mate. I can't speak highly enough. If you want to take up a sport, take up surfing. Yeah, just don't surf near me, you coot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fucking beat it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a thing. Well, mate, you got anything else you want to add in it? No, nah, mate. Just fucking what you're doing is fucking sweet. Um, thanks heaps for having me. Hey, yeah. uh. Yeah, if you if you wanna um yeah, just listen to three blokes just talking absolute shit for a, a weekly, just listen to uh, any given Monday. Yeah. Um and that's just uh, uh Instagram's any given Monday podcast and then uh, uh YouTube's any just any given Monday and then on on Spotify and all that shit's just any given Monday as well. And it comes out Tuesday. Uh we yeah, we usually <laughs> we usually we're trying to get back into the routine of doing it Sunday nights again. Yeah. So we drop it on the Monday. Yeah. Um and then yeah, just we weekly pot about league and just current events and just whatever we want to do. Mate, it's better than listening to Fox Sport or some stupid (laughs) shit like that, put up clickbait fucking crap with Mate, keep doing what you're doing. And I love seeing you again, mate. Oh, that's it. It's It's been ages. It has. And COVID and that has kept everyone away from each other. But it's so weird with social media, like you said, we're seeing each other's journey. And I've literally known 50% of what you've done for the last year due to social media. Yeah. So it has its goods. It has has its negatives. Um. But yeah, mate, just fuck, keep doing what you're doing. Don't retire. Nah, and uh, I'm I gonna, won't. I'm gonna come to a game. Yeah, sweet, mate. So well, hope we're looking at finals this year, so it's fucking <laughs> stoked, pretty, absolutely yeah. stoked. There Appreciate we go, it, mate. No dramas. All right. Ooh, what a podcast! Any given chance, baby. Woo. <laughs> wow, that was the Any Given Chance podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Now, if you want to see some more action, head over to our socials and give us a like, share, and subscribe. We're on YouTube at the Any Given Chance Podcast and on Instagram and TikTok at Any Given Chance. And if you can hit share and subscribe, 
much appreciated as we grow. Plus, we're always looking for new guests. So if you know someone in the midst of a battling good little bit of adversity or someone who's been successful, message us direct. We always check out inbox. And of course, if you want to check out old episodes, repurposed ones, you can jump over to our website, which is anygivenchancepodcast.org. Thanks for joining us once again. I'm your host, 3AM365, Maddie Menion. No days off, no excuses, and I can't wait to catch you on the next one.